Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, March 21st, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we've got a Mailbag Monday edition of the podcast, but we've got three questions that are all pretty similar to each other. They have to do with the Orioles' free agency and transactions, both this year and next year. We'll talk about what's now for the Orioles, as Carlos Correa has signed with the Minnesota Twins. Then we'll talk what could the Orioles do next offseason in free agency if they're finally ready to spend some money. And then maybe we'll talk trades. What could the O's do trade-wise, either this year or next year, to help out the big league ball club? But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we'll get to our Mailbag Monday episode of the podcast in just a second. But first, just want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And also remember, we are right here on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube here, make sure to hit that red subscribe button right below this video. If you're listening via audio, make sure you're following the podcast wherever you listen. Leave a rating and a review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you can. And even if you never plan to watch on YouTube, if you could just head over to the page and leave a quick subscribe, maybe leave a comment on a video, that would be so, so helpful. I would thank you so much. Appreciate it so much. If you could do that to help grow the YouTube channel as well. But remember, every episode is going to be an audio. And starting in April, every single episode will be on YouTube as well. And so just wanted to thank you, the listener, for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, Mailbag Monday episode here on a Monday. We're just a couple weeks away from opening day. You know what we got to see this weekend? Orioles baseball. They started Major League Spring training games on Friday. They were televised on Sunday. Now, not by Masson. We're, we're getting three games for Masson. But Nesson had the game Sunday between the Orioles and the Red Sox. You could watch for free on MLB TV. And, you know, they did some good stuff. Denny Reyes, the minor league signing, looked okay. Ramona Reyes hit a homer the other way in his first spring training at bat. Yusniel Diaz hit a shot to center field for a home run. The O's bullpen came out there and got everybody out from the Red Sox lineup. At the end of the day, I'll take that. But we'll look a little bit more into spring training, what's been going on so far on tomorrow's episode. So make sure to look out for that. But today, it's a mailbag Monday, focusing on the Orioles' offseason both this year and next year. And our first question comes from Jason via Twitter. And he asks, essentially, what is now this year for the Orioles? Asking, you know, despite the O's rebuild and what they've been doing financially and through small transactions and not big ones, are there still guys out there that would help the Orioles? And actually, funny enough, when Jason asked this question about a week and a half ago, he named a couple of free agents who were still out there at the time and are no longer out there, guys like Josh Harrison and others. But one name that he named was Johnny Cueto. And so that kind of takes me to where I wanted to go with this question, which is, what can the Orioles do now? And the reason why I say do now is because the thing that we've been holding on to for just a sliver, it's over. Carlos Correa, in the dead of night, on early Saturday morning, 2 a.m. Eastern time, 
signs a three-year, $105 million deal with the Minnesota Twins. And as surprising as it would have been for Correa to sign with the Orioles, at least there were these little Orioles rumors going on around there that were really keeping us invested in the Orioles this offseason. We heard Trevor Story attached to the Twins. Never did we hear Correa to the Twins, but he signs a three-year deal. However, it does have a player opt-out after year one and year two. So Correa could potentially only play one year in Minnesota and then could opt out again next offseason. We'll get to that a little bit later in this episode. But he was the big free agent infielder that the Orioles maybe could have gone after. And according to Raul Ramos, the Orioles did you know, have a 10-year, $300 million-plus offer out there and saying the O's never would have agreed to an opt-out. And that makes sense. You know, That's what Ramos reported. They shouldn't have agreed to put an opt-out in here. If they're signing a guy like Carlos Correa, they're not signing him for one year and letting him opt-out. They're signing him for 10 years because they know, even with Correa, the Orioles wouldn't have been a good team in 2022, but maybe in 23 they start to get there, and maybe in 24 they're a playoff team. You want Correa for the long haul, so you're never going to offer a guy like that an opt-out after one in two years like the Twins did. So maybe that's why he ended up signing there, because you know Correa was good in 2021, but he wasn't as good as he's been in his career. So maybe he's betting on himself. He signs the contract. He has a big year in Minnesota. He becomes a free agent again. He signs that big deal next year, but we will see. But the question is, what's next for the Orioles? Because then you looked at the infield market and you said, okay, is there any connection between Trevor Story and the Orioles? Well, Trevor Story signs a six-year deal with the Boston Red Sox on Sunday, and all your big-name infielders are gone because, you know, of course, Chris Bryant had signed with the Colorado Rockies as well. And so with everybody off the board... Kind of what's next. So, you know, I'll get to to Jason's part of the question of the pitching and Johnny Cueto, but let's start in the infield because realistically, you look at the options that are out there. This is what the Orioles are working with infield-wise. They are not going to add to this infield anymore. And to be honest with you, I mean, it's obviously disappointing to not get Carlos Correa. I mean, I would have loved to have Carlos Correa on this Orioles team. He's a great player and would have shown that this team was ready to spend money and ready to get good again. But when you look at what other players the Orioles have let pass by, not signing Andrelton Simmons, not signing Jose Iglesias, not re-signing Freddie Galvis, letting all those kind of mid-tier. And I know the shortstop market was really weird this year because you had the Seegers and the Stories and the Correas, then you had a huge drop to the Simmons, Iglesias, guys like that. But... The Orioles didn't get those lower tier guys. They all signed one-year deals elsewhere, or you know, even Galvis is playing in Japan. And you look what the Orioles get. They get Rugnet Odor at second. They get Shed Long on a minor league deal. And they get Chris Owings on a minor league deal, who's the only real shortstop that they brought in. And so when I did the episode last week, go check it out. Will Chris Owings be the Orioles opening day shortstop? I don't know if he will be. Maybe it'll be a guy like Ramona Rios or Jorge Mateo. But at the end of the day... There's no shortstops out there. You look at the infielders that are left, even the guys who are legitimate big leaguers still and have been big leaguers and are still free agents in the infield, none of them are really shortstops. The only guys that are shortstops are guys who are not going to command anything more than a minor league deal for the rest of this offseason. The best infielders out there that maybe would fit with the Orioles, I mean, a guy like Jed Lowry who can play second and third, he was actually healthy last year, had a 101 OPS+, plus, played 139 games, maybe... A guy like Brandon Drury, he can play, same with Lowry and Drury, both can play shortstop, but at this point, both are much better at second or third. Drury had a 112 OPS plus, hit 274 in 51 games with the Mets last year. I mean, maybe, but at this point, you know, those guys are definitely upgrades over 
what the Orioles have at some positions. But at the end of the day, between Arias, Mateo, you maybe get a look at Bannon, more Jemai Jones, Kelvin Gutierrez, and Chris Owings, Shed Long, all these infielders. It's honestly at, at this point, not at the beginning of the offseason, not a week ago, but at this point now, it's more worth it to just roll with what the O's have, and, and that's pretty disappointing. So you move on next to, okay, can they at least add to the pitching? And at the very least, there is a much better shot that the Orioles could add to the pitching because there's still better options out there. But once again, the Orioles have missed out on those mid-tier options. Now, to be fair, some of these guys have signed with legitimate contenders. Two guys who I really thought the Orioles would be in on in Tyler Anderson and Danny Duffy. Two left-handers who, you know, Duffy coming off injury, Anderson, you know, having a better year last year but still won't command too much money. Both of them signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers, so I get it. You know, if you're choosing between the Orioles and the Dodgers, unless the Orioles are making an offer way above what the Dodgers are money-wise, and they wouldn't be, you're signing with the Dodgers because they just got Freddie Freeman, they have a crazy lineup, and you're trying to go win a ring. I get it. So I don't put that against the Orioles. But some of these mid-tier guys are still out there, and they're dwindling, and you got to go get one because, yes, I am happy they got Jordan Lyles, a guy who can eat innings behind John Means, but you need at least one more veteran guy. So it was Jason who brought up Johnny Cueto, and he's an interesting guy because he's getting up there in age at this point is Johnny Cueto. He made 21 starts in 2021 with the San Francisco Giants. Again, he was a guy who also struggled with injury last year. That's why he only made the 21 starts. And it was a 4.08 ERA. So, you know, maybe it makes sense. But Cueto's still at the point where he can help a Major League Baseball team. I mean, he's not completely washed. He just turned 36. It's not like he's in his 40s. He was still getting guys out for a good Giants team. A 4.08 ERA, a veteran guy who used to be an ace in this league pitching in World Series. Give me Johnny Cueto. Give me Johnny Quito on a one-year, $5 to $10 million deal. Do it. Bring in a veteran for this staff. He can help out the Orioles. I think that's a really good name pool from Jason. Like, yes, give me Johnny Quito. And the guys behind him, give me any of these guys too. Chris Archer, you know, coming off injury last year, he throws 19 innings, but he strikes out 21. And, you know, the stuff looks solid. He seems to be back. How about Jay Happ? He looked washed when he was in Minnesota last year, but then he gets traded to the Cardinals, and in 11 starts down the stretch with St. Louis, he has a 4-0-0 ERA for a left-hander who throws a lot of strikes. I'll take J-Hap. Even Zach Davies, who got hit around pretty bad last year, of course, a former draft pick of the Orioles. I'll take Zach. I mean, he had a 5-7-8 ERA last year, but he's a major league pitcher. Maybe I don't want Zach Davies. He wasn't great. But, but Cueto, Hap... Give them to me. And then, you know, the last thing I'll say in terms of relief arms, I still think the Orioles should add a veteran reliever to this team. Sergio Romo is still out there. You know, speaking of guys who have pitched in World Series and been veteran guys, he's still at a 4.67 ERA, 9 Ks per 9 in about 62 innings last year. He can still get guys out. How about Trevor Rosenthal, a guy who used to be a high-leverage reliever, then completely lost it, then found it in 2020, then had two injuries in 2021, but he should be ready to go somewhat early this season, it seems like. Take a chance on him on a minor league deal. There are these guys out there. There's still time. You know, opening day is until April 8th. You still have time, almost three weeks. You need a veteran arm. And to be honest with Jason, to finish off on his question, I think I really like Johnny Cueto as potentially the answer to that problem for the Orioles. But 
You know, the O's, they are going to uh, seemingly bet on the guys who they have in-house right now, very much so at the infield position and maybe at the starting position as well in terms of being on the mound. But if you yourself want to do some betting on something maybe a, a little more sure than the Orioles' rotation, it's that time of year again to, to play some bets because we've got March Madness upon us. First and second rounds are over. They were wild. Who had St. Peter's in the Sweet 16? I guarantee none of you in your bracket did. But from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. You can get it all over there. And, you know, it's March Madness, but it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs. Got the NBA, got the NHL out there, MLB coming up, and there's live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. So here on a Mailbag Monday, you know, we are talking about what now for the Orioles this year. And if it's anything, it's going to be a starting pitcher, I think, on a one-year deal, a veteran guy, 5 to $10 million, similar to the Jordan Lyles deal. They missed out on the big-time infielders this year. But the question that comes from Jared via email is, you know, this came in after Correa signed. Basically, do the Orioles have a chance at getting Correa next year? And if not... Who are the free agents that we could potentially be in a frenzy over Carlos Correa style next year? And it, it's a good question from Jared because who are those guys next year? Because if you're saying the Orioles are maybe on track with the Tigers, and earlier this offseason we did our comparing the rebuild series, and we had Scotty Bentley on from Locked on Tigers, and we talked about how you know the Tigers are basically one year ahead of the Orioles in this whole rebuilding process. The Tigers last year had a really promising season. This offseason, they spent their money. They went and got Javi Baez. They went and got Eduardo Rodriguez. They traded for Tucker Barnhart. And now you look and they have a pretty competitive team because their top prospects are ready. Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green's coming up. And so we were talking about on that episode that maybe next offseason is the time when the Orioles do that. So the question is, who's going to be out there for the Orioles to go after? And first of all, to answer Jared's question, Carlos Correa might be out there. I mean, he's got a player opt-out after one year. And if he puts together good numbers in Minnesota and the twins show that, hey, maybe they're not ready to you know win again or they're not what Correa wanted, or maybe Correa just simply wants that big-time deal and wants another year to show that he earned it, and maybe he you know doesn't want to be in a free agent class with Seager and Story, maybe he opts out next year. And maybe we do this all over again with Carlos Correa. But if not, there's still other guys where it could happen with. Xander Bogarts could be a free agent next year. Now, it's an opt-out situation. Maybe. Maybe for Bogarts. I mean, the Red Sox just brought in Trevor Story on a long-term deal. If Bogarts is gone next year, they've got a guy easily who can replace him at shortstop. Maybe Bogarts looks for that big money somewhere else. We know the Red Sox were not willing to give that big, big money to Mookie Betts. They gave big money to Story, but not big, big money to Trevor Story. Xander Bogarts is a better player than Trevor Story. Maybe the Red Sox are already seeing how they're not willing to give Bogarts that money. I think I would take Xander Bogarts, put him at shortstop. Pretty good player. He's killed the Orioles. I'll take him in Baltimore. But maybe the O's aren't going to spend that much money. How about those maybe second-tier guys? How about another AL East foe? Evan Longoria is going to be a free agent. And 
know, there's questions about how much he has left. He was good in San Francisco last year when he was healthy, but he missed a lot of the season with the Giants. He'll have one more year in San Francisco. We'll see how that plays out for him. I would take Evan Longoria on a one- to two-year deal. Stop gap at third. Get a veteran in there. Knows the division. Good guy to be around, it seems, having the clubhouse. Yeah, give me Longoria. He's still producing if he can stay healthy at this age. How about Didi Gregorius? Hopefully he gets his vaccine and make it a little easier. But, hey, you know, maybe for Didi, he can come play shortstop, come play second or third. He can still hit. Defense, eh, it's questionable. He knows the AL East. He played for the Yankees. He's got a sweet left-handed swing. That'll play at Camden Yards. How about Gene Segura? Well, Phillies are losing their whole infield next year, it seems. How about Gene Segura? Good shortstop, leadoff hitter, good offense for the Phillies. Just does everything well. I think Gene Segura would really fit with the Orioles. They could get him as a free agent next year. So those are kind of the names, you know. And even if they can't get a Correa or a Bogarts next year, the Orioles, you know, I'm disappointed. I said at the top, I am disappointed they didn't get a better name in the infield this year. If they don't do it next year, I'm going to be severely disappointed because I get it. I get that Gunnar Henderson and Kobe Mayo and Jordan Westberg, Taron Vavra, you know, all these guys are, are coming to the big leagues. I get it. You know, there's even other guys like Anthony Servideo and, and you know, guys who are, are, are more tweener prospects. Joey Ortiz had a great defensive player for the weekend. I get they're all coming to the bigs. But they're not sure things yet. Even Gunnar Henderson and Kobe Mayo, who are top-ranked prospects. Jordan Westbrook looked like a polished, advanced college hitter when he was drafted. They're not sure things. You know who's a sure thing? We know what we're getting out of Xander Bogarts. Even Evan Longoria. He's not the player he once was in Tampa Bay. But you know he's a legitimate big leaguer. And you look at this team, you can't count on prospects. Now, do I think Gunnar Henderson is going to be a good big leaguer? Yes. Do I think Kobe Mayo is going to be a good big leaguer? Yes, I do. I believe in those guys a lot. But you can't just bank on those guys. You have to have veterans ready because here's the thing. Let's say Gunnar Henderson's ready for the big leagues, 2023. Just because he's ready for the big leagues doesn't mean he's going to be a good big leaguer yet. Guys struggle as rookies and then get better. That's what happens in professional sports. Even if you're top prospects, you might struggle. Adley Rutschman might struggle this year, but he's going to get better. So you have to have guys ready to win. And if you are ready to win in 23 or 24, you can't just bank on all the prospects. You need to build outside the organization. And the O's need to go after somebody next offseason because clearly, at least in terms of shortstop, third base position, I think that ship has sailed, it seems like, this offseason. But there's also pitching. And I still hold out hope this offseason for pitching like I talked about. But next offseason, there will be guys. Noah Syndergaard just signed a one-year contract with the Angels coming back from injury. We'll see what he looks like. He could be looking for a more long-term deal. That could be a good guy for the Orioles to bring in. Nathan Eovaldi has really resurrected his career with the Red Sox. He could be commanding big money. I'd take him. How about a reunion with Wade Miley? He seems to have found whatever works best for him. And yeah, he's a lot older. Maybe a one-year contract with Wade Miley next year. Here's one. How about Mike Clevenger? We might finally get to see him pitch for the Padres at some point in 2022. And then his deal's going to be up. Do the Padres resign him? Maybe. Or maybe he pitches just enough to show he's ready, but not too much to show he's got a big deal coming. Maybe the Orioles swoop in next offseason. Jamison Tyone had so many injuries and health problems. If he can get healthy and ready to pitch, Jamison Tyone was really good in Pittsburgh when he was healthy. Maybe he can do that again. It won't be a crazy expensive deal. Orioles could do that. They want a veteran. David Price is going to be a free agent. Yeah, he's not David Price that he used to be. Yeah, he's not the David Price the Orioles beat in the ALDS in 2014. 
But he can still help a rotation, I think. And it seems like better options than the Orioles have, and same thing for pitching. I get Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, Cal Bradish, Drew Rahm, Gene Pinto. All these guys are coming. I get it. I get it. I get it. And even the guys like Wells and Lowther and, and Bauman and, you know, Kramer and all these guys, Zimmerman, they're they're basically here. You got to have more veterans. You got to bring outside talent. You can't just build a team all from prospects. So those are maybe the guys that the Orioles could go after this time next year. And hopefully this conversation isn't as bitter and they've actually signed some free agents by this point next year. But all we hope is that the Orioles are acquiring some good players, acquiring something good. And if you want to acquire something good, maybe acquire a Built Bar. Because Built Bars are delicious and nutritious. That's what makes them so great. If you're trying to eat a little better but still enjoy delicious snacks, Built Bars are for you. And, you know, we talk about the bars on this podcast all the time. Covered in chocolate, just 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, great flavors like mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. But if you tried the Puffs, this is where they've taken it to the next level. First ever protein-infused marshmallow. It's a marshmallow, it's got protein, it's covered in chocolate, it's delicious. Flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, these are going to be your new favorite snack and a healthy snack at that. And you're going to forget once again, they're healthy because they're low calorie, high in protein, and they taste delicious. So to get your hands on the bars, on the puffs, and everything else that Built has to offer, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So for the Orioles, we talk about signings, what they didn't do this year, what they could do next year this time in the offseason. But there's another way to build around your team. You get the draft. You make free agent signings. There's also trades. And the Orioles have been on one end of trades since Michael Elias took over. The rebuild trades, the we send you a veteran, you send us prospects. This year needs to be the time that those trades start turning the other way for the Orioles, where they're not trading Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall and Kobe Mayo, but they're trading their 7 to 20 prospects on their top list for legitimate big leaguers. That's going to help this team as well. And here's the other thing. If the Angeloses aren't willing to shell out big money for free agents, in the meantime, you can at least go get guys from teams who aren't going to pay big contracts. Maybe you can get a year and a half or two years of a guy on arbitration before he gets his first big deal. And I wanted to bring this up because Brian gave this question via Twitter. And he asked, would the Orioles go after a guy like Tyler Malley? Would that make sense to get the right-hander from the Reds? And he put in names like Adam Hall and Joey Ortiz as maybe possible candidates to go back to Cincinnati. And it's interesting to think about it that way. And, you know, it's it's hard to talk about deals. Now, for me, I would give up Adam Hall and Joey Ortiz for Tyler Malley right now. Malley's been really good. 33 starts, 180 innings, 375 ERA in 2021 with the Reds, 10.5 Ks per nine. You'd have him under team control for all of 2022 and 23. You'd have two years of him. The Reds have shown they're in a weird rebuild where they're not going to pay anybody and they're stripping down the roster to bare bones. I think they'd maybe be willing to trade a guy like Tyler Malley. Adam Hall, I don't think he's got a future in the pros. Joey Ortiz, really like his defense. Bat could be there. Orioles have so many shortstop prospects. 
I'm not sure it works out. So if the Reds came to the Orioles with this trade, Michael Elias should snap the fingers one second, don't think about it, boom. Adam Hall and Joey Ortiz for Tyler Valley, easiest deal. And then Brian also asked in the mailbag question, will the Orioles go after maybe extension with him if they traded for him? Of course, try to lock him in now. Get a pitcher to pair with John Means for years and years. I love Tyler Malley. He's a guy with a good high spin fastball, throws it up in the zone, gets soft contact, has a really good hard slider at 87, throws a split change. Got really, really good stuff. But I will say, the Cincinnati Reds are going to be asking for a little bit more than Joey Ortiz, fringe top 20 prospect, and Adam Hall, fringe top 30 prospect at this point from the Orioles. They're going to want more than that. But even if they did, the question kind of becomes, if you knew you could extend Tyler Malley, say you got him for 22 and 23, and you could extend him for five more years after that, he's still in his 20s, still a younger guy, I would give up some good Orioles prospects. Like if you told me that I could get Tyler Malley to help this rotation right now, would I give up Jordan Westberg? Yes. 100%. Would I give up Kyle Bradish? Yes. Would I give up Drew Rahm? Yeah, I would. Even a guy like Kyle Stowers? Yeah. I would consider Kobe Mayo, Gunnar Henderson. I mean, I wouldn't throw in Hall, Rutschman, or Rodriguez, but beyond that, Tyler Valley's a really good pitcher. He's underrated. I think he's going to be an all-star this year. Watch out for that. And if you could guarantee me that the Orioles would not only get, you know, the arbitration years of 22 and 23, but could extend him on a team-friendly deal through 2028... It's a no-brainer for me. I love these prospects. I love Kobe Mayo and Gunnar Henderson and Jordan Westberg and these guys, but you know, if it's Ortiz and Hall, Adam Hall, that is, and Joey Ortiz, that's an easy yes. It would take more to get Tyler Valley, but that is a guy that I think the Orioles should be going after at this point. A pitcher from a team who's maybe not willing to spend any money at all. They want prospects. The Orioles have a lot of prospect depth to trade from now. It's time to start flipping that the other way. And there's talks about other trades, like could the Orioles maybe take on the Eric Hosmer contract and get a prospect from the Padres in that deal as they unload his money? Yes, do that. If you can get Mackenzie Gore, maybe they wouldn't, but if you can get Mackenzie Gore from the Padres, they're one of their top pitching prospects, for Eric Hosmer's contract, yes. Or just release him or sit him on the bench like the Orioles did with Chris Davis for a while. I mean, Hosmer has all this money and he stinks now and the Orioles have Mount Castle and Mancini at first base. I would take Hosmer or Will Myers from the Padres. They try to trade those guys to get a good prospect at this point who's close to Major League ready. Yes, of course, they should do that. But they could also do trades where they trade their own prospects to get Major League guys because at some point, some point, you need Major League ready players to populate this roster. And I get maybe if that's not going to be this year, but next year that has to be the case and trades are a good way to go about it. But thanks everyone for your questions here on this Mailbag Monday. Again, if you want your Mailbag Monday questions answered on a future Mailbag Monday episode of the podcast, you can email us at lockedonorioles at gmail.com. Tweet in your questions at Connor Newcomb underscore or at lockedonorioles. Tweet to us or DM either account. The DMs are open. Or you can leave a Mailbag question in the review section on, on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. And in that review section, you can leave a mailbag question. We'll get to it there as well. But we thank you again for your Mailbag Monday questions. I feel you guys. I'm just as upset as you are that Carlos Correa is not an Oriole. But we can still hold out a little hope. Maybe he opts out of that Twins deal. And maybe we do this all over again next offseason. At the very least, it felt like it brought a lot of Orioles Twitter together uh, talking about 
maybe, possibly, maybe having Carlos Correa on the team. But we've got a full week of Locked On Orioles here coming up for you. A lot of it on YouTube, all of it via audio. This is our first full five-day week of the season. We're getting closer and closer to opening day. We've got episodes for you every day, Monday through Friday this week. And make sure to join us back here tomorrow on Tuesday because we're going to get an update on Orioles spring training. You know, their first four or so games of big league spring training. And we're talking to Zach Silver. He is the Orioles reporter for MLB.com, stepping back into that role this year. And Zach's going to join us live from Sarasota, talk about what he's seen down in spring training so far, who has impressed We'll talk about some early storylines for who's going to make the roster and uh, just what's going on down there in Sarasota for the Orioles. But that's coming up on tomorrow's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.